All right, we're back with another episode of Swag Tier. I'm Steven. And I'm Megan. And I, I want to pause back a couple episodes to the uh, one titled Bring It On Korea, because thanks to being an audience member in that Korean pop showcase, I actually have a repertoire of songs now that I recognize and groups that I know. Not that I'm like going far deep into this this world yet, but I was at dinner in K-Town here in New York City, and I actually recognized them play You're the Best by Mamamoo twice during the night. So I didn't actually know it was called You're the Best. Yeah, I was going to say, what is your <laughs> definition of recognition? Because you were like, I think it was Teresina's solo, and <laughs> it was not. And it was A- it wasn't Teresina's solo. Uh, I said it was Teresina's group's song, oh. but that wasn't even right either. <laughs> oh, I must have skimmed. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we've earned our Teresina tag. <laughs> I recognized it as, <laughs> I, I described it to Megan as the song where some girls are like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, did you say girls? Because like, <laughs> I don't remember that part either. Well, no, I didn't say it was girls, but. There's only one song that goes like, I hope. I feel like a lot of songs have choruses that are like, no, like, I'm so sad (laughs) about my life because nobody loves me or I love you and you don't love me back. And I don't know. That just sounds like par for the course in these sappy romance (laughs) songs. Whereas this one is is super peppy and upbeat. (laughs) That's true. This one is. I didn't I didn't actually know the song name. I didn't know who it was by. Something, something. <laughs> and I couldn't even properly attribute it to where I actually heard it. So my definition of recognition is, I suppose, pretty loose. But I did, I, I was like, oh, that's a song. I'm going to mention that to Megan. And then I was able to look it up. Mostly by looking through... The, my recordings of that night's performances until I found... Oh, you didn't even Shazam it? Oh, should have done that. <laughs> well, speaking of the K-pop group and Teresina, she just posted that she's playing Overwatch on Facebook, and then somebody else from K-pop just posted a thing tonight about how she just bought Overwatch. So, I mean, <laughs> before we know it, we're going to have, like, an entire K-pop Academy Overwatch group. Yeah. Then you all can sing to each other over voice chat. Perfect. And then we can not recognize Junkrat's wheel when he loudly <laughs> yells, fire in the hole, because we'll all be too busy singing K-pop. <laughs> slash listening to K-pop. And then I'm going to be the one who doesn't die from the wheel because I was trying to hear the song, or I was trying <laughs> to hear the sounds. <laughs> you were too busy watching all of your videos instead of shazamming our wonderful <laughs> lyrical presentations i can't think of a better word <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay so all you need to do is find three more people and you can have your we will call them the k-pop killers oh wow that's a great name i feel like i could easily find three more people i'm pretty sure mandy plays video games at least her apartment was like i saw some anime paraphernalia <laughs> when we were there which is generally like kind of an overlapping fandom, I would say. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's geeky. Yeah. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I know Jade plays games because Jade and I were playing some of the Japanese dating simulators for a while. She played through Mystic Messenger and uh, I started to play it and I liked it, but I just got busy. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help that I can't uh, have my phone at work. So that's like mm. prime time for when I would want to be playing a dating simulator. <laughs> Well, you know, you're waiting for your code to compile, like you're bored, you could get in a couple like dating things. Yeah, sure. I mean, not that I'm irresponsible at work. <laughs> it makes me think of that XKCD comic, like, what are you guys doing? Code's compiling. Oh, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't been playing that many games lately, but when I do meet up with friends, that's the time I play. So it was last week that I played Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. What is that? A board game? No, it's a it's an indie co-op game. I think you you would like the colorful neon art style mm-hmm. where you and up to three other players are adorable little spacemen or space aliens that run around uh, your small 2D ship. The ship is full of different stations, um, you know, guns at the top, bottom, left and right, and pew pew, cute lasers. There's a station to control the direction of the shields, a station for the engines, and a station for the giant Yamato cannon laser. So between the four of you, or it could just be as few as two, you have to run around all these stations and pilot your ship around obstacles, defeat enemies, and... Well, the goal of every level is to rescue cute little bunnies. Oh my god! I love bunnies! (laughs) It's really an adorable aesthetic for the game, which is a sharp contrast to how frustrating and nerve-wracking this game is. Because it's as much a co-op game as it is a Diner Dash-style game, where there are essentially all of these different stations that you need to go to, and run around and coordinate with your friends on to make sure that you can shoot in the right direction or that, oh my God, the shield needs to face the other way or we got to get on the engines because we uh, have to escape this mine that's exploding or we need to fire that cannon at the right time. It's hectic and a perfect couch co-op game. Well, that sounds like a game that I would freaking love. (laughs) It actually reminds me of what was that mobile game? That we used to play in lineup packs. Space Team. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. So it sounds similar to that. Yeah, it has a very, it has a similar frantic feel to it, but it's a lot cuter. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I like those frantic type games. You know, I, I don't like frantic type games when I'm playing by myself, but when I'm playing with other people, like, it's good. Now, for example, a game that a frantic game by myself would be like. Lightning returns since that whole game is on a timer. Like you're, <laughs> it's counting down. You only have a certain amount of time to play, and like that oh, makes gosh. me panicky. I would get so stressed with that. Yeah, that's what I mean. So maybe not frantic's not the right word because like frantic is like you have to do it right now. But like there's a lot of pressure in Lightning Returns, and I just I'm not into that. That's a different. That's like a long term pressure too. Yeah. To maximize your efficiency through the entire game. Well, and that's terrible for me when I'm a perfectionist and I want to explore <laughs> and open every friggin' chest. <laughs> uh, so Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time actually encourages you to fully explore the map because you'll be, you'll be able to collect power-ups for your ship to make the lasers fire faster or to change your shield into a big iron spiky shield that'll let you ram into enemies. 
It's really fun. Are there any poopers containers? The, there aren't. There's there's no poop in the game, but oh. collecting the metal power up for your engine will make you poop metal caltrops behind you. Metal what? Like little like metal spiky things. Oh well, I do like pooping spiky things. <laughs> <laughs> Pooping out things that hurt going down. Well, I mean, similar to real life. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm, I'm complicit. That's our TMI tag. Yeah, I'm complicit in our poop tag now. <laughs> well, I'm not. I can always use more poop discussion. <sighs> well, this game actually sounds really fun to me. What? What? I don't even know what I'm trying to say. What console <laughs> can I play this on or system? I think it's. I think it's on everything. Unfortunately, the humble bundle it was in just closed. No! <laughs> but it just means that we'll have to play it next time we meet up and I can log into my Steam account. I feel like I would probably pay for this anyway. How much is it? $10? $15? Uh, probably like 15 or 20 That's, not, that's reasonable. It's like, it's like indie game level. Let me, let me go look up on my clicky clicky keyboard. Oh, of course. $15. And you'll probably find it for cheaper on a sale. Not that you ever wait for sales. No, I don't. But you could inform <laughs> me about a sale because as you and I were just discussing, I have gone far over my budget this month and I need, <laughs> I might need to be looking for sales soon. <laughs> okay, so you won't wait for a sale, but I'll suggest that we forget about this game and then I'll simply remind you when a sale comes up. That sounds so easy. Easy as pie. Cake? <laughs> pie? I don't know what it is. Easy as pie. Some easy as good. <laughs> easy as baking goods. Well, that's not true at all, because I don't <laughs> like baking, and it's not easy for me. And I somehow end up covering my entire kitchen in flour every time I bake. Oh, God, I'm also... I've, I've actually been cooking now, now that work isn't giving me free food anymore. And I've I've gotten pan cooking down pat, so... I can saute up some mean veggies, but so far baking has eluded me. Somehow I always manage to burn everything. <laughs> it seems counterintuitive because there's so little work involved. You put something into an oven and then you take it out. There's no, there's no stirring anything. You don't add anything in between. Well, maybe you do, but you like brush over some marinade. But I... What would you marinate in a baking scenario? <laughs> Well, like like cooking ribs or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Wouldn't that be like broiling them, not baking them? Uh, I mean, I guess you could... Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I guess you wouldn't say you bake the ribs, but you put it in the same way that you bake everything else. Yeah, because you can totally bake a chicken in there. That's true. <laughs> welcome to... Megan welcome and to... Stevens Baking Lessons 101. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to our segment on Baking Semantics. 101. <laughs> Next week, tune into uh, the Swag to your YouTube channel, and uh, we'll have a baking tutorial. <laughs> totally we're not We're not actually going to bake anything. We're just going to be talking about whether it's baking or broiling. So it's going to be us two just standing in front of an oven while a chicken hangs out <laughs> on a platter. God. Oh, God. This is what our podcast has devolved to. This is what dreams are made of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you even have some weird dreams. So pulling back 
to Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. This was actually an indie game I played at PAX Prime uh, a couple years back. Where was I? Maybe not there. It's been a few years since I've been, actually. Yeah. This is probably a year you weren't there. And honestly, it feels like we always look at the indie games separately nowadays. Like, except for Death Stairs at PAX South this year. Is it still <laughs> Death Stair? <laughs> oh, right. It should be plural. <laughs> I make this mistake every time. Not plural. It's what? It should be not plural. It should be singular. I'm going to look this up. Okay, it's singular. <laughs> I know it's singular. <laughs> and there are, there's lots of stairs. But actually, Death Stair was at PAX, well, they're calling it PAX West now, not PAX Prime. I know, that's confusing. And, oh, gosh, I we both felt sadness in our souls for missing yet another year of PAX Seattle. Yeah. I was not happy. But the reason I wasn't able to go this year, well, one of the reasons, besides money, was that I had to go to California for my grandma's birthday party. Shortly, well, not shortly, pretty much right at the same time as PAX. So uh, it just would have been hard to to squeeze it in. But uh, here's a a story from my grandma's birthday party. Ooh, earning the Megan Stories tag. The The Megan Stories tag, yep. I think that's our most prolific tag. Is it? I haven't looked at her stats, but I would put money that that tag has the most episodes associated with it. Well, I have some great stories. Mm-hmm. So dish dish this one up. So at my grandma's birthday party, she decided, like, after they sang to her, she was like, oh, I'm going to give a speech. So there were, like, I want to say probably, like, 30, 35 people at this party. And she was like, oh, so let me, as part of my speech, I'm going to name everybody at this party so that I can show what? you guys how good my memory is at 95. Oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, I'm going to give you names. No, like no. The, like, these are now, <laughs> I will adorn everyone at this party with spirit names. <laughs> spirit names? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So she literally went around the entire room and named everybody. And then she got to, <laughs> she got to Kate and she was like, Karen? Catherine? <laughs> she started like spelling it out. She was like, K-A-R. <laughs> and we were like, um, no. <laughs> because because if you spell it out, it might be right. <laughs> it might be right. I mean, in her defense, she's 95 and she just met Kate. So it's not really that surprising that she didn't remember. But... But it she, still was funny. she put herself up to this challenge. Exactly. She knows there's someone new. <laughs> good try, Grandma Megan. <laughs> grandma. Mrs. No, no. Megan's grandma. Yeah, yeah. Good try, Mrs. Megan's grandma. <laughs> the, the party actually was pretty nice. And my mom and grandma were on good behavior. So it, uh, it wasn't too bad of a time. All right. Not nearly as bad as I was expecting, but PAX certainly would have been better. Yeah, ain't no PAX, but, you know, neither of us were able to go, so. Mm. Yeah. I will be trying to make up for a little bit of that, because this weekend I'm headed to the Boston Festival of Indie Games, aka Boston Fig. And, well, I suppose by the time this episode is released on Sunday, I'll already have finished up with that, because it's a one-day convention, just Saturday, 
held at the MIT Athletic Center, though as we spoke about in the last episode, it has no affiliation to MIT. It's just a nice convenient space. Yep, I remember that this time. (laughs) I don't think I'll see Mr. Deathstare there, but I will actually be seeing the folks who make Blade Ballet. Oh, great. So that was a another local co-op game that we saw, I think it was PAX East, and I had gotten on to their, their beta list. Well, really, it was just the mailing list, and they, they invited people to play in their closed beta right before they launched. So I actually did get to try it, and I actually put together a group of friends sort of on a whim, on a Sunday morning, which is not a time I would have expected a lot of gamers to be awake, but I happened to round up just enough people to get a a four-player game going. And it was pretty fun. Frantic. Um, The concept of Blade Ballet is that there are four robots duking it out in an arena on the screen. The controls are really simple analog stick to move around, bumpers to spin your robot in either direction. And that's important because every robot has a giant sword attached to it. The goal is to knock into the other robots, destroy their shields, and then poof, knock them out of the game with a clean hit. But then every robot will also have special abilities. For example, Catbot is able to ignore enemy shields with its sword. There are other bots that maybe, you know, just literally have a longer sword than everybody else and has a longer dash. But then the abilities get a little more exotic. Um, One of them has a teleportation ability. Press this special button and he will send a clone of himself out forward. And whenever he lets that button go, he'll warp to that spot. Other robots are able to steal enemy shields and convert them into bigger swords or wackier abilities like being able to throw bombs at one another or literally not having any swords whatsoever. Their ability is just to ram into other people or stomp really hard on the ground and stun everyone. It was a fun game to try out and they've they've been promoting it pretty heavily. They were at PAX West just this past weekend And they even had a Penny Arcade pin made for them. And they were giving them away to anybody who had bought the game or won one of their PAX tournaments. So they'll be at Boston Fig this weekend, and I'm looking forward to saying hi. Now, have you actually spoken with them? I actually did. Okay. So when they opened up the beta, they actually also started up a Slack channel for feedback and questions and announcements. And I was taking notes during my play session with uh, my friends. And I sort of got a little recap of what they, I I asked, what did you like? Um, What didn't you like? What would you like to see change? Um, Who was your favorite bot? You know, how was the, the learning experience? jumping into this game? Was there anything that could have been made clearer? And finally, how much would you pay for this game? And and what would make you pay a little more? 
So I was able to shotgun out those comments back at the dev team, and we had a little chat based off of a few of those notes. Oh, cool. So it was a, it was a fun bit of interaction. Hmm. Yeah, I also have played this game. I would assume it was at MAGFest. I really can't remember, but that's the only time that I can think that I would have played it and not been playing it with you. <laughs> I think you actually told me that you played it with Joey. I did. And you stomped her. Yes, I did. Um, and I felt kind of bad. We spent a good portion of our demo time actually just like in that little, you know, there's that section right before you play where you get to like try out your bot. Yeah, that's that's where I spent most of my time too. Yeah, so I just that, liked... that's where she spent all of her time. I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to pick the one that looks the bluest because blue is my favorite color. And then we're just going to go. And I don't care because I just want to try this game out. And we're in there like customizing. Like, oh, I don't know if I like this one. Oh, like, let me <laughs> oh, do this. Okay, let me go back to that one. I'm just like, oh my God, can you get a move on? <laughs> no, I, I liked seeing all of the bots and testing out all their abilities. And getting a feel for the movement, it has a has a sort of floaty uh, weight to all the characters and to the spinning. Yes, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And that's fun for me because it's like fast and free. Yeah, it's kind of loose. <laughs> so I get to mash all my buttons. <laughs> you do. You, you, you literally get to mash buttons, spin around wildly, and hope that good things will happen. This is like the perfect game for me. <laughs> that's that's our swag to your recommendation. This is a good game for mashing buttons and hoping good things will occur. Brings me back to Marooners. <laughs> well, at least that's a more solid recommendation than our Mighty Number no. 9. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that you said our Mighty Number no. 9 and you just pin it on me. <laughs> Can't take it back. For... Well, okay, we'll we'll link that recommendation in the in the, in the show notes because huh, our execution was wonderful. <laughs> well, it's a good game, and if I endorse it, then it's got to be good. Yeah, it's got it's got two two thumbs up, one thumb up from Megan, one thumb up from me. Yep. So I'll be coming back with in our next week's episode with a bit of a recap from Boston Fig, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Sounds good. I don't think uh, I have much in store. By the time this episode airs, this piece of information will be irrelevant, but Overwatch is going to be free this weekend through Monday. Mm, so we hope that you've played it. So yeah, so we hope that everybody has played it. <laughs> I will continue to play on the copy that I paid for. <laughs> yeah, my friends and I are still really into it. So. Are you really? I haven't, I haven't played much at all. Although mm -hmm. Kate and I broke out the N64 this past weekend and Ooh. played some old school Mario Party. Wow, not Mario Party. Is it up? Is it up to ten now? Yeah, it's up to ten. Gosh, the last one I have is eight, which was fantastic. I loved eight. That was what I spent a large portion of college playing. <laughs> Every Friday night, me and Bianca and Libby would have Mario Party and pizza nights. And Libby <laughs> owes us a lot of pizza because it was always her turn to buy pizza and. One of either me or Bianca ended up buying pizza every single time. And Libby would be like, oh, I'll just pay you guys back. And then she never did. <laughs> and now she's gone. <laughs> For reference, Bianca was my best friend in college and Libby was my girlfriend in college. Seemed to send an invoice to Libby. Yeah, my cheap girlfriend. <laughs> I should send her an invoice. I should just mail it. I don't even know where she lives, but I'll just mail it to her. And I'm just going to put it in the mailbox. It's just going to say Libby and the post office will know where to take it. <laughs> 
they'll be like, oh, this is a woman with a grudge. So we know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, we got to get on this. Otherwise, that grudge is going to transfer to us. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this, Libby, you owe Megan some money for pizza. Some money? She owes me a lot of money. <laughs> okay, wait, a lot wait. more than pizza. Would, would you say it's over $100? Of pizza or owing? Of, of well, let's start with pizza. Well, first of all, yes. Just, just <laughs> yes. Which is a lot of money when you're in college, too. Yep. Well, we ordered a lot of pizza and a lot of Cadoba. Those were our staples. Okay, so you'll have Bianca as a lawyer serve Libby an invoice for all of these these past unfulfilled promises of repayment. Yep. All right. If you're listening to this, Bianca, get on that. <laughs> <laughs> any any other uh, figments of your past that we we want to we want to summon during this podcast um well i can't tell a, a funny mario party story i mean it's not really that funny but oh god <laughs> we're not even good at recommending our own stories now <laughs> no my stories are great this story is great <laughs> it's totally not great so <laughs> god Essentially, like, any time we would ever play Mario Party, this was, like, the biggest burden in the world on Libby, and she hated it so much. And me and Bianca were like, oh, my God, we love Mario Party. We want to play Mario Party every week. Like, we want to play it every day, basically. And Libby was just like, F this. I hate it. I hate you guys. And I'm just doing it for the free pizza. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one night we played this one level where the star was, like, it was one of those levels where the star moves around. And you know what I'm talking about, right? No. <laughs> oh. Well, I have not played that much Mario Party. Okay, so some levels the star is like stationary. I had to think of what that word was. It's stationary and like you just go around the board and you go back to where the star is. And if you have enough coins, you can buy one. And if you don't, then too bad for you. But other levels, there are the star will move. So like some, it'll just be put somewhere randomly. And, you know, the first person to get there uh, and buy the star will get that star. And then like the star... The next purchasing place, it'll move to somewhere else on the board mm-hmm. to keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. So this one night, we were playing, and the star literally teleported itself four times to this like two spots in front of Libby, and this was the greatest thing in the world for her because she got all of those stars. And after that, she was like, "I love Mario Party. This is my favorite <laughs> game. Like, I can't wait to play Mario Party again." And me and Bianca were like. Bitch, please. Like, <laughs> you hate this game, and the only reason why you like it tonight is because you won. <laughs> so that was kind of always the Mario Party joke for the rest of college after that, because we would always be like, oh my god, let's play Mario Party, and Libby would be like, no. And we're like, well, what about that time that you won? What if you win again tonight? And she'd be like, mm, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you found you found the trick. Yeah, I guess. I mean, besides the free pizza. Because <laughs> that was trick enough. Which we're revealing right now is not that free because you're gonna hunt that girl down. <laughs> Would you say it's over two hundred dollars? I mean, probably close to that because it was uh. a whole year's worth of pizza. Like every Friday night, <laughs> we would play Mario Party, and me and Bianca traded off. And Libby always said. So when we were all living together, well, we weren't really living together. It was me and Bianca living together. And Lib- Libby just stayed over all the time. But Libby <laughs> said she'd contribute to the groceries that we bought, and she never did. So she owes us money for that, too. 
All right. I'm glad we, we've summarized the, the totality of your college IOUs. That is not podcast. the totality, but that is a big oh, portion gosh. of them. All right. We're cutting this off before we get into <laughs> any more debt collection. Yep. Well, if you're listening, Libby, I could really use that money right now since I went over my budget this month. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going to call this episode Megan's Money Woes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wraps up another episode of Swag Tear. <laughs> yo, yo. Oof. No! <laughs> God damn it, Frisbee. Shut up!